Hello, welcome to another episode of the Photographers Keeping It Real podcast. I hope you all had a lovely Easter weekend. Uh, if you are back shooting, I know it's starting to get busy again. I hope your weddings went very well. The time of recording, the awards are now open. You've got until 23.59 hours UK time, Monday the 8th of May 2023 um, to submit your images. So you've got a few weeks. So yeah, if you are a Photographers Keeping It Real member, you can log in and go to enter awards to enter your images. Find out all our new judges for this round as well. The blog post is up with all the judges on there. So go give them a follow, say hello. And thank you again to all the judges who are helping with uh, this next round for 2023. On this episode, we welcome Chelsea Canard to the podcast. We talk about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, the movie. We talk about curation for awards, the importance of transition shots, we talk about her graphic design background and how that's led into photography and how that helps with her composition. We talk about risk taking. We talk about her colors and editing. We talk about her speaking at the recent Nine Dots gathering. Uh, we also talk about social media strategies and being yourself. For members only, um, if you are a photographer's keeping it real member, you can listen to the extended version to hear all about how uh, the one place where Chelsea does spend her money for marketing. And we also talk about photography friends, building relationships, and how that's helped her business over the years. So let's get straight into it. On today's episode, I have the wonderful Chelsea Canard. She describes herself as a tallish ginger woman with a big smile. Off the back of an amazing 2022, named in the Rangefinders Rising Stars, top 10 in the world from This Is Reportage and many other awards. I'm very pleased to welcome Chelsea to the podcast. Chelsea, how are you today? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Although it's gloomy outside, I am still smiling. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. It is. We are recording this in January and yeah, it is a very gray and wet day but um but yeah no i'm good good thank you yeah I, i've put i've written down here serious discussion but um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind should i give oh. it another go because i i was not a fan like I, it was a long time ago i watched it but i well, i read it on your website i was like i just i remember not liking it why i really don't know i think i was confused or like i just maybe i was in a weird space and i watched it i don't know i just i didn't love it what when did you watch it Sorry, I'm just uh, I don't know, like 10, 10, 10 years ago, probably before I was a photographer and stuff. But I don't, I don't know, know what, what didn't you like about it? I really don't, I can't remember, but I, I, mean, I watched it in like one of those weird, I don't know if it's still there, but in York in the center, there's like, um, it's a cinema and they show like one or two blockbuster films, but then the rest are like, you know, arty and like subtitled films and stuff. And I think I watched it there and like, I don't know, I just remember it just being weird. And I came out thinking like, I feel like it got rave reviews, but like, I just, I didn't really get it. It was confusing. And I, I love know. that film. I love like the the concept of it, like the the um like the feelings, like you can erase the memories, but but like feelings sort of trump those and then you 
they're drawn to each other and you can't get rid of that. And I just love the concept of it. I love that like being inside someone's mind and it all being really weird. Um, I love the casting. The director's got some far stranger films, like The Science of Sleep is much weirder. But yeah, everything about that film, cinematography, acting, plot. So I just don't understand why you don't love it. Fine. I'm gonna <laughs> give, I'll give it another go. I'll give it another go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's okay. really good. Let's jump back one year since we're in January. So January 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do you set goals for the year? Are you kind of a you know a goal setter? Like, could you imagine what you would have achieved in 2022? Did you kind of visualize that at all? Or um, I visualized these things for myself definitely, but not they were not all compact into the year. Um, I definitely do have business goals. I don't sit and write them out. I'm going to this year, but like generally I have what I would like think more of as long-term business direction goals and ideas of things I would like to achieve and sort of like roughly what time period. I definitely didn't set them all for 2022, but then I started hitting them all and I was like, like now I'm thinking, shit, I need new, (laughs) I need new goals. Yeah, last year exceeded like all my expectations in a good, like it's good. It was a good year. I couldn't ever repeat it. <laughs> That's my fear now. I'm like, what do I do? Because I hit them all. Yeah, that is a hard thing. Because obviously I suppose now everyone's like, oh, you done, had such a good year, Chelsea. And then like, I suppose there's a lot of like, you know, top 50 and top 100 lists and all that stuff that happens, which is kind of, is hard. But the range final one feels like it's a big award, doesn't it? It's kind of hard. So it's not really much else. I don't know. I feel like there's less of like kind of, you know, obviously that's for like your first five years. It's like a rising star thing. There's less of a kind of, I don't know, still going star or whatever. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) It's like, what does the star like start rising? And Mm. then my fear is it sort of like gets suspended in like midair. And it's (laughs) like, now what am I doing? I'm just floating around. And yeah, I definitely think that award, especially uh, I didn't see myself getting. I thought if I get it, might get nominated again this year because I was nominated last year. Um, and I would have been happy with with that because it gives you something to shout about marketing and just it makes you feel like you're heading in the right direction. Um, I would have had another few years, so I wasn't too convinced it was like achievable for me this year. And I think it's not to like to like talk yourself down. It's just you want you still kind of almost want to have things to like aspire to they do drive you i don't know if that makes any sense yeah sometimes. it does it's like i say sometimes it's that like you're on the cusp of getting it almost but then you haven't quite got it so you like try again next year and you keep you've always got that little goal there whereas when you've hit it you're like okay well now that's done it's kind of a yeah. it's tricky isn't it to to then like what's next sort of thing and i also i found it a good exercise like obviously i've i've won it i've been nominated a couple of times and even just trying to pick you know going back through and then writing a bit about right what is my style and then having to pick 30 images that I think portray that style in a, you know, in a way and, and put them together. And then when I look at the 30 and I think, right, what can I now is a one that's not as strong and why? And even that sometimes can maybe help a little bit. And I think I might still do something similar, even obviously without being nominated, but just having doing that at the end of the year, even, or like just to, I don't know, just to maybe think, I suppose it's like your portfolio, isn't it? I guess that's what you're supposed to do with a portfolio, but. It's so. kind of like, a, yeah, reviewing the, it's so difficult to put the um, the submission together, like sitting down and for starters, but sitting down and writing, it's like the whole written section where you have to write about you and mm-hmm. um, your approach and your style. And then 
and then picking the 30 images is torture because <laughs> you've got to be so critical and and pick them across a whole um like a whole range of scenarios like you know but then you have practice you almost get practice in that by by picking out things for like TIR stories picking out images for awards it, it does force you to sit and think critically about your image choices it's part of why I love entering awards going off on a complete tangent but it does force you to look at your work in the same way that you would if you were like doing that submission or you were picking them for Instagram or you were putting them on your portfolio yeah I've got I mean I've got a bullet point about it further down so but we've segued nice into it so yeah what do you have any tips because you've obviously done quite well on the stories this year for TIR you've done obviously your um, rangefinder award and stuff so you know you're doing something right with that kind of curation of images like what do you have any tips on it like how do you do approach it? I find it really hard. I've always got like a yearly repeating goal of story awards with TAR. And um, I don't know, sometimes, you know, I sort of look through when I think, oh, this actually is quite a good one, some good storytelling elements or whatever. But picking the images is hard to, yeah, to pick the right ones almost, isn't it? And sometimes I look back at the actual submission, I'm like, oh, actually, that probably wasn't as strong. I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? But it's easy to be overwhelmed with like too many choices of images. Like if you're looking back through a, like a full gallery and you're thinking, oh, what in here is going to be useful for that? I Most of my award-winning images this year and things that I have put in for stories have been made out of images that I've done for like the couple's previews. Um, so when I'm looking back through a wedding and I give the couple their previews, they're not just comprised of um, a couple of portraits or a bit of that. For me, it is the, it's the mini story as long as... And it includes images that I think I would like to use that for awards or I would like to use that for my website or there's something about that image that I am drawn to. And when I'm giving the previews, it's part for them and it's part for me. And then I I use those previews for the socials and I use them for the award entries and I use them for the, the stories because it's easier to make a story out of like 30 images that you've picked for the couple for for a whole day preview I do find it makes it easier then to like curate it down and you have that practice of curation in the preview images as well so it is just practice and I think for stories as well one thing um, that I definitely try to do is to have a, a variety of compositions when you're looking for your images for a story you want to be you want your eye to be um, darting around each image as you pass over it. You don't want every image to be centered the same way you wouldn't in your portfolio as you go down it because your your mind and your eyes, they lose interest in what they're seeing as you're going through these images because even though the images are different, the compositions are so similar. Yeah, so one thing I really try to do in my stories is to provide that comp- that composition interest between different the different images that's very hard to describe no, that's, <laughs> like, that's what i mean it's so hard to, i guess so i guess that would make it yeah. but with, with visuals it's like see if i could show you but i can't because it's a podcast yeah yeah just having variety really yeah i guess it does make it challenging because i suppose that would just be you know easier for everyone wouldn't it but yeah sometimes you can get so caught up in i say if i look through a whole wedding like oh, i really like this image i really like this image but then they don't necessarily tell a story or they don't necessarily connect or yeah, there's not that in, you know, individually that interesting maybe, or even sometimes I find if I know the background to it and I think, yeah. well, that's a great image because that background, I'm like, I've got to remember that like 
awards or whatever they're not they don't have that background the same way as well so it almost has to tell the story on its own doesn't it or you know you need um transitional images as well not just hero image hero image like you have loud image and then a, and a quiet image and then you have like a I'm sure Sana was talking about it um, at the nine dots thing, but you have like near and far and um, the same with like, you have, you know, a loud image and then a quiet image that sh that show you that you're going from one part of the day to the next as well. You need to feel like you're moving through the day as you're looking through the images. And even if they were done, even if they were taken in a certain order, when you're looking back at them, as a story for particularly like TIR story awards, they might not make sense in the order that they were taken. Like it's up to you to narrate the story how you want to. Like not, it's not for the couple, it's for, yeah, someone viewing it with like fresh eyes. So yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, so, no, it makes sense. I think you did a good job there. That I have things I try and I have to remind myself even on a wedding day now to be like, right, I want to, yeah, I want it to make sense almost as a gallery and, if I'm just running from like, right, bride's getting ready, right, quick shot of that, then right, I've got to get to the ceremony and rush into that. And I'm not, but thinking actually, I want to show, I say, some of the outside or whether it's the bride walking to the car or something or like just little things like that, where it, so it kind of makes sense as a story as a whole, as a gallery as well. And I guess that leads into then being able to have those images for the kind of storytelling elements if you need them. Um, so one of the yeah. transition um, images that I put in one of my, um like my london story that one there is a image where you can see out of the view of london you can see the skyline but you see it through a taxi door and you can see the hand on the on the inside of that yellow thing so you kind of know you're in a taxi and then the next part is them with the taxi in the background sort of coming up the stairs past another couple and into the town hall but that that image um in between of in the taxi it's maybe not like the most interesting image on its own but in the context of the story it provides the it provides like the segue you know yeah no i do i know the one you're talking about as well it's really good uh, i'll link it below I'll let Al alan can have a link from the podcast why not i'll link your story below and uh, yeah and you can uh so yeah. anyone listening to this can have a look so obviously like I say it's easier if you can just see the image as well but um but yeah i'll link to that story below but i mean it makes a lot of sense so, yeah it's just it is hard isn't it i'm doing like my portfolio again now just as like a usual january thing i try and obviously do it throughout the year but um just to get people's idea like takes on it some people i just think i don't know if it's a natural thing or you just learn it or whatever but just seem to be so much better at it than like others like i i i really struggle with like image curation even for blogs and stuff like i always end up blogging too much and I have to remove images and yeah um, i think it's just you want people to be surprised as they're looking through stuff you kind of want an image to come at them and be like oh where's that come from or oh i didn't see that one coming next and i see a lot of people put a bunch of their dancing pictures together and they put a bunch of kit of like portraits together but i just think as you're as your reviewer scrolling through stuff that's when you zone out Maybe it's because I lose attention really quickly that I'm always thinking about the aspect of it. Like you need to hold people's attention. That's great. All right. So you're, you've got a background in graphic design. Has that led a lot of your photography work? Do you think, I feel like there's a few graphic, like people who were graphic designers who are now photographers. It feels like it leads itself. A lot. I definitely think um, I prefer this to the graphic design business model, but they're all the same sort of skills. They're compositions and you're thinking of like layouts and you're looking at the way shapes come together on a page. And you're also looking at it's, it's all non, it's visual communication and creative problem solving. And I think those two things 
are very similar across graphic design and photography because with photography you are using you are using composition and creative problem solving to communicate like non-verbally you it's all image has to say something if it's going to be really impactful yeah you have to use those skills <laughs> you're going to get a lot of me rambling where it doesn't make sense no, <laughs> it, makes, it does make it makes sense to me i think do you find like on a wedding day if i put it into like a real world example and do you let's say so you, uh, there's a photo that you took of uh like between the groom or whoever it is legs and you obviously you can see like the bride yeah, like, yeah coming in you know the one so do you are you kind of stood at the front of the aisle right and then you're like all oh, right the bride's there take a picture of the bride thinking about where the groom is blah, blah, blah. and then you're like right now i'm gonna i've got a moment i'll bend right down and shoot through the legs or how are you thinking about this kind of you know the composition of it kind of thing good, good question i'm always thinking in like shapes i'm always thinking about how i can put people into shapes the way that room is set up because i've shot i'd shot in there before i knew where she was going to come in from and that like it's an okay picture and i just saw the groom stood with a wide stance and i thought i was watching him like yeah i was just watching the way he was stood where i was stood i could see that i would be able to see her coming in through that wide stance in his legs and also there was a fire exit sign right above the door and I thought oh if I shoot through his legs I'll, I'll be able to get rid of the fire exit sign and maybe it'll be more interesting so I crouched down and I sort of um tried to compose it so that I would be able to get her coming coming in but you take a bit of a gamble because it was very easy if he'd have moved that that whole shot would then be gone or if the person who was opening the door for them was in the way so that was my shot in my head where I thought that's the shot I want but you have to have a backup shot a little bit I knew if I moved very quickly if I just stood up I would be able to get her over his shoulder as well so I had like a like a safety shot but you are you're making these calculations this this is where the creative problem solving comes in because you're looking at all these elements and you're trying to work out the best way to put them together yeah and you suppose you don't have that long do you especially like ceremony obviously you kind of you can't play around for that long with it because obviously as soon as she starts walking you know sometimes it's quite quick isn't it and then they're down so you kind of i find ceremonies quite tricky sometimes i mean you in a way it's easier because you often you're stuck in a certain position or you can move a little bit but you still kind of you know depend on the venue obviously in the space and the registrar or uh, celebrant whatever you're kind of limited sometimes your options so You've got a bit of time there, but a lot of times I'm panicked because I'm like, I don't know what the reaction of the room is going to be. I don't know if he's going to turn and look or he's going to be on this you know, side on or front on. And I kind of want his reaction and I want the bride. And yeah. I just feel like so much, even though obviously, you know, shoot, you shoot lot, hundreds of ceremonies that, you know, obviously every wedding basically has some form of ceremony probably. And so it's almost like it's the same, you know, and every week I have a similar thing. So I kind of always think in my mind, I'm like, right, what else can I do to make this interesting or what, you know, and then I sort of end up, I think probably quite often just staying with the safe shot of like, right, I know I want to be able to at least get the groom's reaction in. I want to be able to get the bride walking in, obviously, and like when they interact at the, you know, when they get to the front. So I'm just kind of trying to work that angle as much as possible. So then I'm never like, I don't think it's really copped into like, oh, I could yeah duck and like i don't know go really low or really high and get something else there. So it's difficult. It's, it's a It's a game of anticipation and reading and like assessing situations based on what that situation is like looked like before and thinking quite quickly 
how are these people going to behave? What's going to happen next? So you're calculating that and then you calculate your compositions. It, yeah, it just takes time and practice. And then sometimes it's just it's just risk-taking. You're just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to try this. Or I get quite um, bored of the safe shots. So I'm like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what that would look like. Or I wonder what would happen if I did that. Or I wonder what, because she's going to come through there. And then I know that's going to happen. So yeah, all these little calculations are happening at, at once but by by getting good at anticipating what people are going to do it will make it easier to then get creative with your compositions yeah i don't have advice on how to do that though it's just people yeah. watching <laughs> so yeah just just I, I suppose yeah just to think i guess that like height thing is is something isn't it just thinking like getting lower getting higher is always it's always going to be slightly more interesting like i say it might not work it's always going to be a little bit more interesting it's just not that same eye level view that we're all used to seeing yeah. all the time so i suppose that's I think I look absolutely barking mad sometimes at weddings. I'm just like, I've got my face pressed up against like, I look like I'm shooting the wall because I'm shooting like a picture and I'm trying to frame someone within the picture frame. Mm -hmm. To the outside, I must just look like I'm stood there staring at a wall with my camera. (laughs) Bridesmaids are probably like, who's hired this weird? Why is she taking a photo, a really close up (laughs) photo of like Like, a painting on the wall? Yeah, or something. She's getting changed over there, but she's like stood facing the wall. Is she Mm. broken? So we need to hit (laughs) Yeah, your Instagrams are funny when you've got your kind of like all your different positions at weddings and you're like on your tiptoes or like the bending, crouchy, squatty, whatever you call it, one and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's just important to to try new things throughout the day because it's more from like I get bored I get I get really curious about yeah what would happen if I put that and that together and what would happen if I shot it from over there fine proves the point there doesn't it I think like yeah just rather than just sort of standing waiting for like right that's gonna happen it's gonna stand here and wait it's like actually could I do something else that's interesting or whatever yeah you do have time sometimes, like you say, like the ceremony, if you're waiting for the bride to come, you can look around. There's only so many pictures you can get of the groom standing still or the people waiting at the, the altar and stuff. Um, coming down the stairs as well. Sometimes I love, like I love, I love getting that from like a top down angle rather than, yeah, rather than just like her literally coming down the stairs. Yeah, there's a discussion in the PKR uh, Facebook group, wasn't there? Someone asked about, the bride and groom's like oh the, the couple's entrance into the room and you gave some great examples in in that thread because it's similar for me like i kind of even though you know probably you know where they're going to come in from the door or the stairs or wherever and you kind of can see where people are sat and kind of guesstimate where they're going to be stood when they stand but yeah it's always quite a hard shot i think sometimes to get anything that's kind of you know it's always okay i guess but it's hard to get something stand out like say you never know people might move a bit when they stand up or you kind of you know the bright the, the couple might move you know one goes in front of the other the, they might take a weird route as they get in and so i think yeah. some of your examples you gave where you've got that height perspective is is good because you kind of you know you've always going to have nothing's going to be in your way then at least you've got that height and sometimes you can see you know you just get a bit more perspective see everyone cheering you can kind of it's almost more of that yeah sometimes it's better to follow know. them in sometimes yeah. them coming in is, is the boring picture but then sometimes it's like them framing the crowd and stuff can be really interesting. Like if you think that you're not going to be able to get a good shot of them coming into the room because everyone's going to stand up and they're going to be in the way or maybe the door they're coming through is like a bit meh mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, as long as you're not like in the videographer's way or something, then coming in behind them and getting all the crowd's reaction is really nice too. It's hard. I suppose usually by then, obviously you've spent quite a bit of time with the couple and stuff. So you can probably get a bit of a feel for like if they're going to be one of the like 
you know, giving a big cheer and the facial expressions are going to be good or you think the sort of, but again, it's just a bit of a gamble, I suppose, like you say, isn't it, of that, which which way is going to work. But um, but yeah, there's some good examples. I'll link it. I don't know if I can link to a certain post. Maybe I can. But yeah, I'll link it below if I can. If not, have a search for it in the Facebook group. But um, but yeah, because that was really good. I think it's good to see examples because you sort of describe it and then show examples and it kind of makes sense. So um, I want to talk briefly. It's a bit of a change of uh, change of topic, but your like colors and editing, one of the things I always think with your images, your black and whites are great as well, obviously, but the colors, whether it's the way you edit, the way you shoot it, whatever, but it just... I just, it just seems so like quite bright and vibrant and it just, I don't know, the colors are, seem to be a big part of your work. Does that, would that, does that seem fair? Is that kind of? Yeah. I mean, my, pa- my, my, fia- my fiance, sounds like I think my partner, because <laughs> um, you're right, sorry, on a complete different tangent, once you get to a certain age, how weird is it calling like your other half, like my boyfriend? Yeah. Like, it feels a bit teenagery, doesn't it? But then. It does, doesn't yeah. it? So I was calling him my partner for ages. Um, anyway, my fiance said that the colors that I choose for like my interiors and my home and the colors that I'm drawn to for my clothes and stuff, it, they, they're the colors that appear in my images and he was like you just obviously have like a draw to this certain like tonal range of colors um I've tried to edit always in the past I keep coming back to this this look in my pictures so I don't know if it's linked to me um just naturally what I'm drawn to lots of people mention it when they get in touch with me to inquire lots of people say that they were drawn to the colors so I feel quite like married to them but I definitely sometimes have a relationship with them where I'm like I hate all of this and I want to chuck them out and start again <laughs> I do that every now and again then you know buy like five preset packs and play around and then just go back to what I had anyway and that's that you know I don't know if the female listeners will um yeah relate but definitely when I'm hormonal I have like a mini meltdown once a month of my editing and then I'm like oh it was just my body playing tricks on me yeah you're like oh, back to where I was it's fine but yeah back to where I was. nothing's changed yeah it's interesting because I, I suppose yeah you're like you know even just on what you show like on your Instagram like say the way you know you show a picture of your, your like desk corner in your house and then all the colors you've got there whether that then just attracts people who like those colors and therefore they have more colors in their wedding and then you're shooting more colors and you know round and round or i don't know do you or do you get do you still get a lot of like the sort of muted dried flower type weddings but you just don't show them as much or um i would definitely say i get a lot of creative types i do get occasionally like people who prefer like a more muted style but i find them difficult to edit as well because they're my there's no colour to bring out. So the pictures are always look a little weird to me. I tend to get couples that are drawn to venues that have like colourful areas and stuff. I don't know if I'm picking up people who are like magpies for the same things that I'm a magpie for. And then they see my bit and they're like, oh, I'm just drawn to it. The way, say, if you go into a shop, like a we'll do interior shops because I did interiors on that top but I think everyone would be drawn to a different a different color like sofa for their room or something or it's hard to understand why there are certain things that you just gravitate towards yeah I suppose I like I say anything isn't it? I suppose when you talk about anything from branding to what you show into like anything in the world if you go into a I don't know, like calf kitchen shop compared to like Hugo Boss shop or whatever like it's just they're clearly very you know the different styles and probably trying to target different people so I suppose it's Similar to that, I guess, just us as photographers, it, we're kind of our personality is very much our brand often, you know, often. I know there are some people who target, you know, markets yeah. very different to who they are, but a lot of times, you know, what, even what you, sh- you like wear when you're on Instagram, what you, you know, say your how you decorate your house bleeds through into your 
sort of brand and the way you shoot, I guess, a bit and who you attract, I suppose. I think the whole thing is just, they're all little extensions of me (laughs) and my personality and the things that I like. And if people are drawn to those images and and those colours and the way I present myself, then chances are they're probably going to really like me and they like the same things that I like and they probably like have the same interests and their mind probably works in a similar way and just by letting myself be the way I am I think it just makes it a really easy sell I don't have to pretend at anyone's wedding or try and act a certain way to win over a certain type of client like essentially I am my client yeah that makes sense I suppose that's it's like I guess it's the perfect thing as well in a way because like you say you're not having to then you're not waking up on a wedding day and thinking like oh god I've got to be you know wedding Chelsea now rather than just being yourself kind of thing and you're not dreading the couples or the guests because you're probably like actually I know they're going to be you know nice and like me sort of thing and yeah I think um I think a lot of people book me they book their wedding photographer sometimes based on the idea that you're just going to fit in with everyone on the day they get that idea from all of your everything that you present not just the pictures but the website and the social media stuff they make all these little assessments like some people will just be booking you on price maybe as the differentiating factor or the, the pictures if they're not really interested in you but I definitely think part of what I in, unintentionally started selling was like you know like I, I will come to your wedding and be a part of the day and the pictures will reflect that but as well i'll have a good time with you i feel some people really really like that yeah i suppose i probably i know everyone knows this of photographers but probably the you know kind of the one supplier almost that like i say is just there all day and is kind of quite is much closer to the couple than, than anyone else so you know like for me i'm always conscious like i don't want to go into a getting ready space and just feel like i'm a stranger almost or feel like i don't know like everyone hates me or you know that kind of feeling so i just think i wouldn't be able to do what i do really i just think it'd be it'd be awkward and it'd probably show i don't know definitely what you did obviously you spoke at the nine dots gathering last year how how was that did you enjoy it is it like really nervous or, or yeah i'll tell you what i just it, i was so busy last year as well i did too many things to be honest with you but you can't how, how can you say no how can you say no to things like that I found it really stressful to write because writing is not one of my Strong points, organization, gathering my ideas and sort of putting them down is not one of my strong points. Like I'm used to having really quick ideas and then the, and it's great for a wedding day. But when it comes to writing a talk or anything like that, it's quite difficult. I really enjoyed standing up and giving the talk. I was nervous as hell beforehand, but I think it would be weird if I wasn't. I really didn't. I really did enjoy it. And I'm glad I did it. And I do it again on a, a less personal one but a more practical one next time but yeah I know you, I know you talk, no it was great like you I, have to say it but okay because you're talking to me <laughs> yeah no but like i hated it no it was really good like it was nice i think it was nice because obviously you know a few people there anyway i guess and stuff don't you? it's not like getting on stage with, with sort of no one you knew and everyone was obviously very um it was really yeah, nice was so and, but yeah it was really nice to see but yeah it was, it was good it was very personal but i i, I mean i think that worked really well and i think the size of the room and every like it kind of all worked well for that but yeah i know it's really really good but yeah i'm just, just interested to know where people you know when it what it's like is that your first time kind of that kind of thing like yeah so it's the first time when they messaged me i was like you do know who you messaged the wrong person here like <laughs> you asked the right person they were like no no we love your work it's like cool i'll come um that'll be nice and i think when i said yes it seemed very far away and then like most things, 
like weddings even you book them and then suddenly you look over your shoulder and you're like oh shit <laughs> you're right you're right here it was just a whirlwind but it was so nice it was so nice to talk and then people came up to me after and they were telling me about like their personal journeys and um I had some people asking me questions and I think I kind of like opened the gates for people to like so, some people obviously felt like they connected with me in that and that was an aspect that even though it was felt quite overwhelming it was something that I really really enjoyed and it was a very strange experience because people were talking to me like I like in in the small world of a hundred and something wedding photographers asked like am I famous for like one day <laughs> so weird yeah but it's it nice I was going to come up after that I was like I'll give you a hug say how well you did and I couldn't I couldn't get to you there was that many like everyone was just like yeah so I think obviously people resonated and it was just like yeah it was yeah. It, it was good to see um I think that's it's one of the things with like in person events almost kind of thing isn't it where you just can't quite you know if you'd have done that talk as like an online you know class or whatever like obviously it'd still be good especially with it being so personal you could see your emotion in it and you could see like you almost feel it more being there and then being a chat to you afterwards about it and stuff was kind of yeah. it was just a nice kind of setting but yeah it's a great thing it's a great like community the nine dust one it's really nice to get like loads of photographers together and and just I don't know, like learn and relax and the three days thing and the, the few days and then the party definitely makes it feel more intimate. Like you do feel like you can talk to everyone. Yeah, I think because I say everyone's there the whole time pretty much and then the people are obviously like, you know, hanging out in the evening and then, you know, you might be staying together but you're staying quite close by and then you're seeing everyone again early and yeah, you do kind of get to know people a little bit even just in a few days and then you can obviously like have a big party at the end of everyone and I feel like it's... I'm really looking yeah. forward to the next one. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. You can just go and like relax and yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, a lot closer to my house as well this time, which is nice. So I want to talk just briefly about social media. Your and I feel like you do a great job on there, but you're obviously in terms of showing your personality, we discussed it a lot about, you know, finding your ideal client and, and showing yourself and stuff. Um but yeah, do you like do you enjoy social media? Do you feel like you have to do it and that's why you do it, or is it a bit of a mix? I feel like I enjoy it like that is an aspect of my business that I probably enjoy and it's not like for me I think I like to be distracted I like to be I like to procrastinate but I see it as healthy procrastination and I am home alone a lot and I definitely have more inkling to do it when um, Louis is away at sea but I also enjoy the rhythm of like trying to post every other day I like arranging my grid images before I post them out and I like doing the stories just ad hoc um it's like what I'm up to I love it when I put stuff out and then people message and they're like oh I like that too or oh I went to see that film the other day and I think it just provides a really nice like an open door to you know this is my life and this is who I am and the things I like and come talk to me this is what I've been up to and then when you go to weddings or you see people they almost have like a vested interest in you as a person not just this curated online image I don't have too much of a strategy for it I just treat it as if I do my personal account and I've grown up in like I used to have a MySpace and a yeah, same Vivo <laughs> short-lived and and then Facebook and Instagram so I've, I've used it as a user the only thing that I'm like not not completely getting on board with is TikTok because at the minute I just don't enjoy I don't enjoy it and this is probably how people feel about Instagram so I, I get it like that doesn't come naturally to me I'm not really interested in like loads of videos 
even making like the real content I'm like oh maybe do it when I'm bored like most of the reels that I do I'm just like I think Louis goes away and then I sort of lose my marbles a bit and I'm like mm, have a bit of a don't know artsy distraction day like if I'm in the middle of doing loads of work and then I'd be like oh I'm so bored of this like what can I do and I just start dicking about with reels and hope for the best but I don't think there's any particular I wouldn't say there's any trick to it I just do the bits that I enjoy yeah it's not a big strategy like oh it's January right I'm gonna you know in February I'm gonna post you know a reel about me what I wear at a wedding or I'm gonna do this or that it's kind of a bit more really ad hoc Mm -hmm. I would like to get more strategized with it somehow I don't know it's one of my when we talk about setting business goals one of my things that I want to work on this year is not the photography element it's like the the, I want to get more um, interested in like the marketing and the the social aspect but with more of a strategy rather than just like as and when yeah it's hard isn't it because I always think and I've done it before where I've tried to be really organized and done strategy but then it always like if it starts falling apart a bit and I feel worse about the fact that like I've done it and then not stuck to it rather than if I just hadn't done it in the first place. But then sometimes I suppose it does help so I can look at it and be like, right, what do I need to do now? Or I think something, I think with the, the good thing with reels or like say even like TikTok probably, I'm sure when you, if you do, you know, start doing it, you'll be great here. But that kind of content kind of work whenever, I suppose. And, you know, I, I think this year I'm trying to be a bit more strategic with like, right, I'm going to do a, I don't know, a venue page, say for like SEO and then Think, I've got to think about right what blogs I want to write for that venue so that they link into that or like and then kind of tie that I don't know, even like posting posting a blog from the venue when there's like a venue open day coming up or you know so I've got like content so if, especially if it's like a venue that recommends me and I'm going to their open day or like I know their open day is on I'm not going for every reason but I'm you know I'll try and get some content out about that venue and so there's little things like that where I think I can kind of plan a little bit you know I'm going to try and do a bit bit better at that but it would be good to have some stuff planned in and then you could do the ad hoc stuff around it. I think people just really want to see that your business is like like showing up for work almost. Like that's the way I see it on my like Instagram stories. I'm like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here every day. Whether that's just a, a picture of my face or a picture of what I'm doing or some pictures that I'm posting, it's like, no, my business is like not, it's not an afterthought. Like because people don't see the stuff you do in the back end of it. And they don't, and then it's not that they don't care, they just, Obviously, you know, there's a lot of work on to keep the whole thing moving, but all people see is you post every now and then. It's like making it look maybe more like a hobby when it's like, no, I put a lot of passion and energy into the business. Yeah, I'm always surprised how many like past couples will still like comment on my stuff or like message me about things or whatever. And I'm like, you know, obviously I've already I've shot their wedding, I've delivered it, they're now done, but they're not like unfollowing necessarily or just not you know, they've still got like a vested interest or if I win an award or something and I post about it, they're like, oh, well done. Glad to see business going, doing well. And so obviously like yeah. still people are interested in things, aren't they? Even when they're not just looking for a wedding photographer or whatever. It's because they convert into, then they convert into like friends or like fat fans sounds weird, but you like, you haven't mm, people bought it. And then they, then they have like a vested interest in you. And I do become friends with, with like a lot of my, couples which is nice definitely all right chelsea thank you so much i think we've a lot of like little takeaways there hopefully people have got something from that and uh, i really appreciate you coming on i'm just going to do a quick little so we'll end and then i'm just do a little quick chat i want to talk to you a little bit about marketing and leads and stuff just a little uh, a little bit on that for the members only bit but yeah thank you so much like where's the best place for people to go to find you or find out about you or my instagram or my website probably yep Cool. I will link everything below anyway, obviously, for anyone. Go and check out Chelsea. Probably already follow her, but if you don't, go and have a look. 
Thanks so much, Chelsea. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.